And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. You are listening to the Patriot Pastors Podcast, where we talk about today's issues from a pastor's perspective, as well as calling America back to the faith of our fathers. Without God, democracy will not and cannot long endure. We ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Here's your host, Wade Lentz and Harold Smith. Oh, Wade, it's good to be back with you, gathered here together under the pulpit, deep within a bunker at Barrel Baptist Church. One-on-one, no more Zoom meetings. Right, right. We're at the official Patriot Pastors studio right here, right? Yeah, deep under the pulpit, right? <laughs> yes. Well, actually, we're in a, a choir room, so, but hey, it, it works for a good podcast studio, and it's always good to do a podcast when I'm able to see you in the flesh, Yeah, not, not a Zoom camera. After a meal of Mexican. Yes, uh, a lot of Mexican food. Yes, chips yeah. and salsa. Seem to put us in a podcasting mood, doesn't it? Yes. Are you ready for the holidays? Uh, never ready it's for the holidays. Ready or not, it is here. I enjoy them, but I'm never ready for them. Yeah. I have four boys, and they they keep you busy, and they remind you that Christmas Day is just about here. Just about every day, they remind me. My kids are grown, so we don't have we don't even put up a Christmas tree anymore. Yeah. We haven't done that for several years, but mainly because you're a Grinch. Yeah, I'm a Grinch. No, I'm not anti. Uh, I'm not anti uh, Christmas in any way. I love it. Matter of fact, the church I'm interim pastor at. When I came in Wednesday, I flipped the lights on in the sanctuary, and there were two gigantic Christmas trees on the platform, and it was almost wow. kind of startling. I've never seen them that big up close. And uh, another man said he walked in and he thought the Holy Spirit had descended upon the platform when he flipped the lights on because they lit up with the lights. So it wow. was pretty. But it's very pretty. I enjoy Christmas. It's it is the most wonderful time of the year. Yeah, it it really is, and it's you know it goes by so fast, and uh, you know before you know it, it's gone. And I think that some of the saddest days and depressing days is the day or two after Christmas. You know when everybody has to go back to work and the kids go back to school, and it's kind of like this depressing state. It shouldn't be that way, but that's sometimes the way it is. Speaking of that, this is kind of a segue to our podcast episode this this week. Going into 2022, 2022, which is hard for even me to imagine that we're that we've made it this far, 2022. Because I remember as a kid watching Jack Van Impey in like 2005, <laughs> he was saying that you the Lord was You weren't a kid in 2005. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I wasn't a kid, but yeah, I was a young man. Yeah, wasn't the Russians supposed to have invaded the U.S. by now? Well, he predicted that Christ would come. He said, I wasn't, I'm not naming any specific time, but I believe that everything points to 2012, Jesus Christ will return. So, you know, it came and went, and Jesus has not come. 
And all so, we got was Rexella. Yeah. We still have Rexella. <laughs> <laughs> and those of you who do not know who Jack Van Impey is, uh, you probably don't understand anything we just said right then. You but, need to theologically diversify. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but anyway, here we are, 2022, and... There is really, I would say, an assault against Christianity. And what I want to speak on uh, on this topic is the Christian in the workforce, that there is more pressure going to be laid upon the believer in Christ than any other time before in history of our country. Um, this is unprecedented for us in America, uh, seeing the things that we have seen as of late. And it seems as if that it's going to get worse before it gets any better anytime soon. And so we hope that uh, this podcast will be of some help to those of you who work in the workforce, maybe even in a, uh, a corporation where it is seemingly tougher on those of you who work for a uh, big corporation, typically more liberal uh, in that arena. So Harold, what, what do you say to the Christian employee who already has undergone a lot of pressure just due to the vaccine mandates that have been rolled out and the pressure that maybe their employer has placed upon them to get a shot that maybe that they are not comfortable with and getting, but now we're getting into some even more difficult scenarios of really us sinning against our convictions. Right. I talked to a pastor last week that lost his job due to not getting the vaccine. And um, he thought he had a medical exemption and uh, he had a doctor's note. And basically the company said, hey, we'll, we'll take medical exemptions if you have them, you know. And so he didn't think his job was in jeopardy. And so they told him if he didn't get the shot, he would be released, be, be terminated from his job. And he said, well, I've got the exemption. I've already applied and turned it in. They said, yeah, it's been rejected. And they said, so you just need to go ahead and get the shot. And he said, no, I, I, uh, I've got an exemption. And y'all would said you were going to honor it. And they said, no, we're not. So go get the shot. And here's what he said. He goes, I'm not necessarily against the shot. He said, but now it's a matter of principle. Now I would just be getting this shot to maintain my job. And he said, I, I would be better off not to violate my conscience, which he said, I wasn't, if I thought the shot was absolutely had to have it, I would have gotten it. Mm -hmm. But once you express that, you you know, you do not want to do this and you have reasons for it, then he would be violating his conscience even more to get it now. Well, when we're looking at losing a really good job, a job that we've held for years, maybe we're close to retiring. Mm-hmm. There's a pressure to get a shot. There's coming a pressure to vacate your Christianity, or at least don't practice it. You can believe what you want, just keep it to yourself. Right. And so Christians for a long time have been in the, I can be a Christian on the inside as long as I don't let it show up on the outside. And that pressure is going to get worse. And it, we've seen a large number of people lose their jobs. I, my pharmacy is, is filling the prescriptions that I pick up in Houston, Texas, and mailing them to Western Arkansas. And I asked, you know, well, why are you doing this? I mean, I had a pastor, for, he uses the same pharmacy. He's like, why, you know, why, where's my pharmacist? Those pharmacists were let go over the vaccine. Oh, my. And 
they lost 13 pharmacists in this one particular chain in western Arkansas alone. And so there's now just a big corporate headquarters in Houston where some pharmacists are filling prescriptions for most of western Arkansas. Hmm. That kind of consolidation where somebody is filling prescriptions, overnighting them to, to other pharmacies, this is a corporate pharmacy, Walgreens. This is a corporate pharmacy that's doing this. When America realizes how they can consolidate their workforce, they can cut out people, those of you that hold views differing than others, there's going to be an increasing pressure for you to either play along or just be, you know, basically removed from their workforce. And uh, I just, the time in which we live, this is becoming more and more pressing. You're Mm -hmm. either going to play along and look like the rest of the group, you're going to be welcome on the team. Right. Yeah, I I think as as time goes on, if you are a true believer, um, there is going to come a point in time where there is going to be, uh, your employer is going to ask you to do something that goes against your conscience, but also plainly goes against Scripture. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're going to find out who really your Lord is. Is it money uh, or is it the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. And which, again, this is this is very difficult days because here in America, it's always been easy to be a Christian. It's always been the American thing to be to do well, is to be a Christian. You were expected to go to church or be a member of a church. I'm talking about here in the Bible Belt. Mm-hmm. You ask everyone, where do you go to church at? No one said, we don't go to church. Right. We don't practice Christian. Whether you did or didn't, you you had a home church. Even if it was where you grew up, that's still where you identified. It was the culturally acceptable thing to do. Yes. And yes. those days are over. Right. Yeah, I was just reading a stat the other day that only 16% of the millennials, those who are born from 1980 to the year 2000, only 16% identify themselves as born-again believers. So... Now those young people are now running our country. They're running corporations. They're running businesses. Uh, those who are lost and secular and have really no moral training whatsoever. And they're pretty ruthless to those who hold to having convictions and so forth. And uh, to a believer who is 50 years old and older, uh, yeah, this is totally new territory for, yeah. for you. And I, I talked to a nurse the other day who works for a Baptist hospital, and they have until like January the 6th to get their vaccine shot. And if they do not, they will lose their job. Now, just recently, a federal uh, circuit judge or a federal judge reversed the Biden mandate, which has thankfully relieved them from that um from that mandate, from their job expiring. But she asked me, she said, wait, this, this is a Baptist hospital. Mm-hmm. And they, I have 25 years of experience. I worked as a nurse in the hospital during COVID. I put my life on the line treating these COVID patients without any vaccine at all. And now that there is one available and I don't get one, now they're going to fire me. This is a Baptist hospital. She said, why is that? And I said, one reason, money. Yeah. Hospitals have received subsidies from the government for several, several years. And 
all the government had to do was, hey, if you want to continue to receive these subsidies, uh, you're going to have to enforce these vaccines. Yeah. Well, a hospital cannot survive without the government government's help. And so they obviously had to try to enforce these at the cost of their longtime tenured employees. That's part of the corporation problem. Corporate America doesn't see people. They see dollars and cents. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you think about the way it used to be, someone would go to work for a company. If it was a good job, they would keep that job, work there their whole life. I can remember working in a factory. It was a good, well-established factory with a good reputation. And you would go up and look at the seniority list. 280-something people worked in this country. And there were people that had been there 40 years. You know, they were in yeah. their early 60s, and they had started there when they were in their early 20s. Mm-hmm. You don't see that anymore. You go look at a seniority list. You may have one or two people that's been there a long time. But for the most part, people don't stay at a job. And it's not because they don't, they, they don't want stability. It's these corporations realize that once you reach a certain age, you're going to get sicker, your body's going to break down, you're going to need more days off, you're going to have more expensive health care, you're going to get closer to retirement, your productivity's going to go down. Corporations know this. Mm-hmm. They know it's against the law to fire you because you're old. So what they do is make you miserable so that you quit. And, and this is no secret. If you've worked in corporate America, this is why you don't see a lot of old people. Uh, you may mm-hmm. see them at the top end on the board where they make decisions, but down on the, on the middle rung, it's a young man's game in corporate America. Colleges are training people to go into corporate America. Corporate America says you have to have a college degree to work here. And so we've got this college system where you go and get indoctrinated in a school, and then you go work for a corporation, and you're, you're expected to toe this line that you learned in college at the corporation. And I worked for three of the largest companies in their perspective field. Mm-hmm. I worked for Beckard Steel Wire. This was the largest wire producer in the world. Yeah. They, were, they were a privately owned company in Belgium. So this is a Belgian company, but they were the largest in their field. We would have all these crazy rules come down. I'm like, this makes no sense. This makes no profit. This is bad for everybody. Well, it was good to corporate, you know, the top yeah. end. Yeah. And it didn't make much sense down here, but they were so big. They were insulated from falling. Then I went to work for Frito-Lay, which was owned by PepsiCo, the largest soft drink, beverage, um, salty snack. We were the biggest group. I mean, we were the, we were the number one seller in our, our um, field. Mm. And we weren't selling potato chips. We were selling PepsiCo stock. Yeah. It wasn't about, you know, getting the average kid to buy a bag of Doritos. It was getting PepsiCo stocks to have a quarterly earning up to a certain rate because everyone there got stock options. Yeah. And so we were no longer selling product. We were selling stocks, shares of stock. So I left there and went to South Central Pool Supply, the largest swimming pool distributor in the world. There again, I don't know what it was. I look back on this, but I saw this corporate agenda. You're going to play along. You're going to do this. They're going to wear you out. And then you're going to get to a point where you have a bad quarter or a bad mm-hmm. year. Doesn't matter that you were awesome for 20. Yes. It's what have you done for me lately? That's right. And so there's no, n- none of that was ever there. And I, I saw this just 
in everywhere I was, I, I just saw this this repetitive routine. And I thought back to where I worked before I went to corporate America. I worked in a locally owned Christian business. The business wasn't Christian, but it was owned by Christians. And I thought about the freedoms I had there. There were things I didn't have. A lot of the fringe benefits, you know, the really cheap health care, uh, all this added retirement package. I, I didn't have all that. But Wade, what I did have at the privately owned, Christian-owned business was I had an employer that cared about me, had an obligation to his fellow man that he wasn't just obligated to me. He was obligated to God to mm-hmm. take care of me because he knew what the Bible said about employers, masters being over. And my advice to a young person, find a locally owned business that's ran by a group of Christians and avoid getting caught in the corporate trap Mm -hmm. where you're working yourself to death for a corporation. You're pouring your life into this. And then one bad year, one downturn in the economy, something that's out of your control ends your career. And this is what makes this so important. Like you were talking about with a nurse, 25 down the drain. I mean, when we talk about, you know, money, if you're a Christian and well, that may cost me $5 an hour or may cost me a, a year's pay. Imagine throwing away a 25 year career. Right. And I, so I think it's important. There's benefits to being in a corporation, but I think there's a lot of benefits that go overlooked in the young man and young woman's mind. Who you work for in the long run is just as important as what you get paid and your opportunity. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. You know, I worked for a corporation for about 15 years at Centerpoint Energy Utility Company. And so, yeah, I know what's working for a, a big corporation that really is so, what's the word there? Profit they cannot driven. identify with the average employee. Yeah. And, you know, so they the people who make decisions are those that have never been out there in the field and had never forget this vice president from Houston, Texas came to our shop in Conway, Arkansas. And he looked at me, shook my hand, looked at my name tag, and said, Well, ho, Wade, it's good to see you. And I'm thinking, dude, you don't know my name. You just you just read my name. All all they know me as was my Employee, employee number, number. <laughs> zero six five six nine eight. I still have it memorized even after ten years of being gone. But you know that's that is just part of the the corporate world. Um, you're right. You have one bad year, no matter how many good years that you had previously. That one bad year uh, will cost you a raise. It will cost you a bonus, and um, you know they they make the rules, and there's nothing that you can do about it. And this is why they're in really enforcing a lot of these uh, controversial things upon employees because they know employees can't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. And so I know I have church members that are working for companies that where critical race theory is very much entrenched into the uh, polity of, of the business. And there are certain people that you have to identify them as some kind of a gender. I, I don't even understand all of that stuff. <laughs> right. I'm so old school, but you know, so a lot of, a lot of church members. And so we're maybe talking to a lot of pastors who are going to be counseling some church members who are 
going through some hard times. They're going to have some difficult decisions, whether they are going to go along or they're going to take a stand. And so I would encourage the pastors to really be thinking about this, think, be searching the scriptures, being ready to help those sheep the Lord has entrusted for you to care for. I, I talked to a, a good pastor from here. It's probably been a week or two ago. And he told me there were several people in his church going to lose their job over the vaccine mandate. And the, and the vaccine mandate is not a Christian thing. You can be as, as lost as the day is long and be against the vaccine. You can be completely Christian and be pro-vaccine. Mm -hmm. So I'm not trying to make this a Christian issue. But he was saying to me, he said, are you hearing from people who are concerned about losing their jobs and, and losing this? And I said, yes. And he said, well, what are we going to do about it? And I said, we're not going to do anything about it. And he said, well, this ain't right. And I said, look, we're not promised a 401k. We're not promised five paid six and three weeks of vacation. We're, we're not guaranteed a 20-year retirement. Mm -hmm. These are all things that a company offers. These are not these are not inalienable rights. And we as a country have got bought into this. I'm going to go work 30 years and retire. I'm going to retire at 55. And we have these these expectations from businesses that we should have never expected. Yes. And, and so I, it's hard to tell somebody, yeah, I know you've been there 30 years. You might lose your job over this, but it's hard to say, you know, what you should or shouldn't do. And I, mm -hmm. I can't really tell somebody what they should or shouldn't right, do. Right. And that's what I told the pastor. I said, but where we really should be focusing is breaking this cycle. We should be encouraging young people to work themselves. That's right. While you're young enough to, to, to live on a minimal amount of pay, start your own business. Go to work for yourself. Be your own boss as much as is possible. Avoid this kind of overreach, and you won't end up in this situation. Yes. And I've really just tried to emphasize over and over and over, uh, if you want this kind of freedom, you're not going to get it in a corporation. You're going to have to work it out with yourself or with a with a family-owned business, a small local business. And, you know, there's no guarantees in life. Yes. You can go to work for a small family business and they can die in a train wreck. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, their, their son can take it over and he can be a complete and total loser and ruin the family business. There's no guarantees. Right. But there is peace of mind and it may require you to, you know, drive an older car. It may require you to wear older clothes. Mm -hmm. It may require you to, oh, you know, forego some, some luxuries, but in the end, it will provide you some peace of mind and confidence that the corporate world would never offer you. Sure. Sure. You know, I have referred to the corporation today recently as to a glorified plantation. Oh yeah. Pretty controversial. I understand that. No, I would agree. It's very true. It is nothing more than glorified plantation because the masters are the stockholders, mm -hmm. the CEOs, and you're nothing more than just a glorified slave. You get a minimum salary. Uh, you get a certain amount of sick time, and they dictate all of that. Uh, and, and really, there's not a whole lot of benefit anymore as you said earlier there used to be a connection between the employee and the employer uh that connection is lost yeah. and uh, they will fire people at the drop of a hat 
and this has been a cycle in America for a long time. You can go back and look at the coal mining days and see that coal mines, you know, they would rise to power. They would get a lot of employees underneath them. Then they would quit paying them cash and just pay them in tickets to the company store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, me- you remember yeah. I owe my soul to the company store? I've heard store. that song before. Yeah. <laughs> well, those coal mines were so powerful, so strong, and those miners were so poor and, and dependent on a check. There was nothing else to do in Appalachia. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't live in Appalachia. I live in western Arkansas. There was coal mines there. There was no other work. Right. If if you didn't work in the coal mine, you were raising hogs. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no guarantee here. So anytime a a business gets so much power over the people that they have no other option but to work for them, it's exactly what you described, a plantation. I know people will take offense to that and say, well, they were enslaved. Well, what we're saying is there are tons of Americans that are enslaved to a career mm-hmm. and they're so far in debt. They have no way of getting out. Yes. They have no hope of ever leaving. They're, they're in a dead end position that they're working themselves to death to maintain mm-hmm. just for another year, just another year, another year. And then they end up in yeah. trouble late that, in life. That's a good point. It's almost like the corporations are taking advantage of their employees who are loaded in debt. You know, they know, that these employees need this job and they can't. Or close to retirement. They yeah. can't afford to leave at, at 50 and start over. That's right. That's right. But you are absolutely correct that if you're a young person, now is a time to be a builder, to be a planner, entrepreneurial, and uh, building a business and being independent. You won't have to put up with a lot of that. And do you junk. ever do you ever wonder why? the liberal policies, governmental policies are so anti-entrepreneur, so anti-small business. They want us all dependent on a, yeah. they want us all dependent on a Tyson Foods. You know, they want us all part of this that they can control. Mm-hmm. And when somebody is independent is no, I'm, I'm going to live my own life. Yeah. This kind of spirit is what a, a, a a liberal government hates. Yes, it's what a fascist government hates. Mm-hmm. And this is this is the spirit America was built on. We had pioneers. Yes. If they started getting crowded, and there were too many people. They went to Kentucky, then they went to Ohio, and the, you know, then they're going west. Mm-hmm. And this, a lot of these people were leaving and going out there not just to get away from people, but to get away from this dependency on someone else. And if America does not regain her desire for independence and liberty and freedom, they're all going to end up in debt. And any government that promises them to get out of their debt, free college, they're going to vote it. Yes, yes. Do y'all have waste management? Yeah. Uh, big corporation. I, I never realized Careful how... now. I think they're ran by the mob. Don't say anything. Oh, wow, oh. wow. I hope this does not get to the mafia. I will be <laughs> in trouble. But... Yeah, big they, corporations. Yes. And what they do is is that they buy up these little mom and pop little uh trash services all, all across the country. And they will offer, you know, a million dollars to this little company. And of course the company would be stupid not to sell to this uh this big corporate giant. And so this is what though is happening all throughout the country. Big Corp is taking over small businesses. And it's really becoming uh, more and more big corp run uh, nation, which is really not healthy. It's not good no. at all. We need to get back to 
the local gas station and not the Casey's general store. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a time when every gas station was owned by a different person, and maybe somebody had a local chain of five or six gas stations across yeah. five or six towns. Now there's a Casey's general store, and I, I remember seeing them out west when I was younger. They're on every corner in our area, and and what they're going after is they're coming in with all this corporate money, mm-hmm. and then once the local store goes out, the pizza goes from four dollars to eight dollars because yeah. they're the only pizza in town. Right. The gas goes from two ninety five to three oh five because they're the only gas in town. Yeah, and so basically, competition makes corporations more beneficial to the people. But that comes an expense, and the mm-hmm. expense is the employees. Yes. And so, you know, I'm all for capitalism, but capitalism has to have the independent entrepreneur out there. Otherwise, you just have corporation capitalism. Yes. And that's kind of where we're headed in America. And a lot of that has been dictated by the government making taxes so hard to figure out, taxing and regulating. I mean, COVID hurt small businesses way more than it hurt the Absolutely. the franchise and the chain. Yeah. Amazon McDonald's thrived. And Walmart did better. McDonald's yeah. thrived. But how yes. many small restaurants, independent local restaurants, went out because of COVID? Many. Yes. All right. Walmart, their their stock shares went through the roof. Mm-hmm. But how many mom and pop grocery stores went under? Yes. That's what you're seeing. You're seeing laws that are benefiting corporations and hurting small business. And I can tell you why. It's because small business breeds freedom, mm-hmm. and that's what this particular government yes. would like to do away with. Yeah, I'm like you. I, I'm I believe in capitalism, but capitalism is only as good as the people are good. And once the people become corrupt and greedy, then it becomes a bad mutation of capitalism that is not healthy to the country at all. And that's where we have. That's where we are at. Yes, the the little small town uh, restaurants and stores are a thing of the past. They have been ate up by a bigger monster that is uh, much harder. And the to government beat. is to blame for that yes. because they bail out these corporations. Right. How many government bailouts have we seen for banks for mm-hmm. Ford Motor Company? And, and and the government's reasoning is well, if we let them fail, all of these people lose their job. Right. Well, by propping up. All these small businesses lose their jobs. Yes. And so yes. the government has backed the big corporation. Yeah. And that's our problem. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's a big reason why the government has bailed those companies out. But also, once you receive money from the government, uh, you become a government-owned company. Right. Whether you realize it or not. And that's what a lot of these hospitals are realizing, uh, that the government now, who has been so generous to them, has threatened to stop that generosity and they're like okay well we'll do anything you say Mm. and that's a dangerous dangerous uh path to be walking on and that's the problem for the christian governments i mean our government is built on religious freedom but you and i both know religious freedom went out the window in 2020 Mm -hmm. when governments told churches they could no longer meet right and there's been an ongoing legal battle and there's been victories and there's been defeats uh in canada i think it's still going on yes but what you're seeing is you're seeing the government flex its muscle and you're not seeing outcry from the people. You're just seeing outcry from a handful of Christians. Mm-hmm. So the Christian in the workforce needs to realize that all of those freedoms their forefathers have experienced are not being recognized and honored to the same degree in the government today. Right. 
And so it's going to get increasingly worse. And if you are young enough to get out of a corporation, I would encourage you today while you're young enough, while your family's young enough, do it Mm -hmm. and and work. And if you will work as hard for yourself as you did for that corporation to keep your job, you'll get your bills paid. But, you know, don't go out and buy tons of stuff. Be frugal, work hard, be willing to do whatever's necessary to feed your family. And in the long run, you will have something the corporation can't offer. Mm-hmm. And that's peace of mind. And that's um, that's liberty and freedom. And uh, I, I've said all along, being called into the ministry was one of the best things that happened to me because it got me out of corporate America. I bought a lawnmower with my sales bonus and a trailer and a weed eater and a blower. And I said, you know what? I'm going to preach and mow grass. And, you know, corporate don't own me. And uh, I, I, I expected to still be mowing grass today, but I ended up in more of a full-time ministry position. I, you know, I may go back to mowing grass again tomorrow. Who mm-hmm. knows what the, what the future holds? But the time I spent with my children over the last 15 years completely different than getting up every morning and going in early and staying late and trying to overlap last year's numbers. What I gained was not the money that I made in corporate America. I've yet to achieve any of the pay that I made in corporate America as a minister, even a bivocational minister. But what I gained was a better relationship with my wife, freedom, Mm -hmm. uh, no one dictating to me what I have to do, where I have to be. I'm not talking about spiritual things, you know, like I'm above, you know, reproach of a church. I didn't have all these silly little corporate mandates. I didn't have to sit in in meetings and hear how I was supposed to call someone by their proper pronoun. Yeah, right. Uh, Right. You can't put a price tag on the freedom I have outside of corporate America. Exactly. Yeah, it would would be very difficult for me to go back in the corporate world and to... To, uh, I play would the game. I would cut firewood with a, yeah. with, a, with a handsaw before I went I back to corporate America. Guarantee you. Well, man, it's been a good episode. It's always a joy to uh, to visit with you, and hopefully we can do this again soon, sometime. I hope so. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the Patriot Pastors Podcast. God bless.